study, midweek Bible study. And I would encourage you, if you can, if you have a pen and paper or a way you take notes, I would encourage you to, if God speaks to you at all during this service, to jot it down, to take a note. I'm going to take my time. I'm not going to be longer than I have to be. But I do feel like I have a message for New Freedom Apostolic Church. I know I've said that before, but every time we come to the house of God, God has something He wants to do. And I think I plugged into it. And I'm hoping it'll help a lot of us. And I want us, when we, when we read our text and then when we pray, I sincerely want you to ask God, talk to me. Give me a teachable spirit. I want to learn what you're telling us tonight. Because as the testimonies have said, I see it because I know what the message is. But maybe during this lesson, this Bible study, maybe the testimonies will come back real quick and say, Oh, look at there. God knows what he's doing. So I want to help us. This helped me. And I sincerely want to help us. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, the Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Praise God. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that things which are seen, everybody say, what I see, were not made of things which do appear. That means we really don't know how He does it. If you would, lay your Bibles down. Let's lift our hands and ask God to have His way. God, we thank You so much for meeting us tonight. We thank You for the opportunity to worship You. Thank You for the liberty we feel tonight. God, we ask You, Lord, to anoint us. Help me, God, to deliver this message the way You gave it to me. I pray, God, that You would anoint every ear, every heart, every mind. Help us to deliver, God, Your Word tonight. I want to hear from You, God. Hide me behind the cross, Lord. Let this be a message, God, that changes new freedom forever. We thank You. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I heard a saying one time, and it kind of went something like this. I can explain it to you, but I cannot understand it for you. I can explain it to you. I know how it works, but I can't understand it for you. You're going to have to do the work yourself if you're going to get an understanding. Have you ever had a situation in your life since you've been living for God that you just didn't understand? A situation in life, living for God, and, and the enemy says, well, if God loved you, He wouldn't let that happen. And, of course, in our natural thinking, we say, I know, devil, I just don't understand. Come on. 
we all do it. We all accept that and receive it into ourselves, and then begin to argue with it. Hath God said? Well, he said, really? Have you ever had a time in your walk with God when you tried to understand what was going on, and the more you thought about it, the less you understood it? I'm going to try to figure this out. I'm bad about that. I'm going to try to figure this out. If I can sit down and cogitate on it long enough and ruminate on it long enough, and I'll figure it out. And you're more confused when you get done than you were when you started. <laughs> I've got good news for you tonight. If, if you've been in those situations, you're in good company because everyone here has had times and situations in their life in living for God that they just did not understand. I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. And yet, here we are. Here we are, and yet we made it. Look at your neighbor and say, I made it this far. Here we are. I made it. And yet we're still holding on, even though each of us will testify to times when we just did not understand. That's because the kingdom of God is not something we understand at the beginning. Living for God is not something that we come to an understanding of and then walk. Living for God is not, He sends us a list of instructions, and if we follow 1 through 12, we'll be all right. That's not the kingdom of God. As a matter of fact... It's kind of the opposite of the kingdom of God. It takes some living for God to learn the ways of God. It takes some time living for God and going through storms and climbing mountains and jumping off into valleys and depths of the ocean to understand the ways of God. Then how do we live for God? It's called faith. We live for God by faith. Now, I didn't come to give you any great revelation tonight. I just came to remind us of how we live for God. I came to remind us that there is supposed to be times of not understanding. And yet we are not to be stagnant waiting to understand there's a way to walk by faith in the kingdom of god jesus said as a matter of fact in john chapter 3 jesus said you can't see or enter the kingdom unless you take that step of faith he told nicodemus john chapter 3 verse 1 there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, which means teacher, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. He understood that. He understood, wow, there's something there that only God could do. And when people come to the kingdom, that's what they realize. They realize there's something down there at New Freedom that only God could do. 
They might not understand it, but they know that it's there. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless you become a part of it, you'll never see it. This is a principle we have to get when we come to God. Unless you become a part of the kingdom, you're not going to see the kingdom. Well, I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to figure that out and see if I want to be a part of it. You'll never be a part of it. Until you take a step of faith and step into the kingdom. Nicodemus said, how can a man be born when he is old? He did not understand. How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. There are steps to be taken to get in the kingdom. And unless we take those steps, we cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You can't see it and you sure can't get in it. Until you become a part of it. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. It's kind of obvious. If we lived this way for 27 years and nothing worked, how about we start over? How about God washes away all of that, all our sin, all our failure, all our faults, all our, all our whatever, and we get to start over? I'm glad He gave me a chance to start over because none of y'all have hung out with me. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born... Of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? I don't understand. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master in Israel and knowest not these things? And this is how I can stand before us tonight in confidence, knowing me preaching this is right. We all ought to know this, and most of us do. We've just forgotten it. So I come, to, I come to bring to our remembrance. Did you feel the liberty in the service tonight? Did you feel the, the worship and the man? We can, did you feel it? I felt it. Did you feel it? We're fixing to step up into that, okay? We're fixing to, we're fixing to go to a place of miracles and souls and deliverance and revival. But if we don't understand this, we can't see it. And we won't be able to enter it. And we'll get frustrated. Because everybody else is going to be up here dancing and shouting. And whoo, man, let's have church. And we're going to be going, what in the world's going on? I don't want nobody to be going, what in the world's going on? So I came to tell you what's going on. The kingdom of God is an obey the principle before you understand it kind of kingdom. I'm going to say that again. The kingdom of God is obedience before understanding. As human beings, we want to understand before we obey so we don't make a mistake, so we don't mess up, so we don't look foolish, so nobody don't laugh at us. The kingdom of God doesn't work that way. The kingdom of God is obedience and then understanding. You can't see it and you certainly can't enter it 
without obeying the principles of the kingdom. That is because the kingdom is a realm of faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and 7 tells us, For we walk by faith, not by sight. If I could see it and figure it out, I'd be doing it. But when I have to step off into something I've never been in before and I have to trust God that somewhere He's going to either catch me or put me where I need to be, that takes faith. We're fixing to start outreach. We're going we're gonna to push hard for outreach. We're, we're going we're gonna to take a step of faith in outreach. Well, we've done outreach before. Not like we're fixing to do it now. Not like you're fixing to see us do it now. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some of us, oh, I don't know about all that. I've never done that before. Here, I'll show you how to do it. You'll understand it. We walk by faith and not by sight. So what is faith? What is faith? We know the scripture. We read it. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. What in the cornbread world does that mean? Some of us understand it because we've done it. But if you don't know what that is, I'm praying. I'm serious. I'm asking God to help you learn what faith really, really is. One version says, faith makes us sure of what we hope for and gives us proof of what we cannot see. you got to believe in something you can't see. you got to believe if we hand out a thousand door knockers, God's going to send a hundred new souls. What in the world will we do with a hundred new souls? I'll tell you what we'd do. We'd baptize them in Jesus' name. We'd pray them through to the Holy Ghost. And then those hundred souls would go out and find a hundred more. But you got to be able to see that. If you're going to be a part of it. One version says, Now faith is the assurance that what we hope for will come about and the certainty that what we cannot see exists. you got to believe it's already there. God has already gone before us. He's already brought it to pass. We're just trying to catch up with God. We got to get our eyes. We got to get our spiritual eyes focused on what God's doing. Another version says this the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. I'm going to read that again. It was a mouthful. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. You didn't bring yourself here. You didn't ask for your parents to be your parents. You didn't ask for your siblings to be your siblings. You didn't ask to be born in the city you were born in. You didn't ask to be born in the uh, worldly system you were born in. The very fact that you were born proves there's a God. You exist. You're breathing. It's our handle on what we can't see. And lastly, another version says, Now faith brings our hopes into reality 
and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. You've got to have your feet planted firmly. You've got to be firm in your faith. You can't be wishy-washy in your faith. You can't believe it one day and the next day all hell breaks loose and you just forget about everything. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. There's going to be some things we never see. And yet it exists. You may say, well, I guess I just don't have faith. I guess I'm not important enough for God to give me enough faith to make it because I just can't see. I, I don't work that way. Actually, the opposite is true. Romans chapter 12 and verse 3 says this, For I say, through the grace given unto me, Paul wrote, to every man that is among you, I'm saying to everybody, everybody say, that's me. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Don't, don't get lifted up in yourself. But to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man, everybody say, that's me. The measure of faith. How much? He knows what you need. How much? He knows what you're dealing with. Stay with me while I read these. I got, I got quite a few more. I'm trying to get somebody to understand faith. One version said, I realize how kind God has been to me. And so I tell each of you not to think you are better than you really are. Use good sense and measure yourself by the amount of faith that God has given you. He's given you faith. Another version says, For I say through the grace which has been given to me, to everyone that is among you, not to have high thoughts above what he should think, but to think so as to be wise. As God has dealt to each a measure of faith. Hang on to this, not thinking of yourself higher than you ought to. I'll explain that in a minute. You're like, well, what does that mean? Hang on, I'm going to explain it. One version said, God has given me a special gift. And that is why I have something to say to each one of you. Some people think I'm special, more special than others, but <laughs> I have a special gift. And I have something to say to everybody. Don't think that you are better than you really are. You must see yourself just as you are. That's hard. Seeing ourselves as we really are, not as we want to be, not as we think we are, but looking ourselves in the peepers and saying, I know you better than anybody knows you, and I can't fool you. Well, sometimes I can, but stop. Decide, oh, come on, I hope you hear this. Decide what you are, not by what you know about yourself. Decide what you are by the faith God has given each of us. Begin to see yourself through the eyes of God. Not through your failures, not through your faults, not through your shortcomings. One version says, because of the kindness that God has shown me, I ask you not to think of yourselves more highly than you should. Instead, your thoughts should lead you to use good judgment based on what God has given each of you as believers. Well, I just make bad choices. Why? If any man need wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally, and he abradeth not. He'll give you whatever wisdom you need. But we're just too used to, I, I, 
Uh, I don't understand what's going on, so let me try to fix it. I'm telling you, I know this. Ask Sister Wood, bless her heart. She lived through years of me doing that and making messes everywhere. Making me pay $34 for a, a number four at Wendy's. Why? Because I thought I had it figured out. Man, they was checks bouncing everywhere. I'm going to tell people that. It was before Christ. Some of it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had it figured out I didn't understand how it worked but I just kept plowing my way through and finally Sister Wood had a belly full and said would you please stop another version says this and this will be the last of this, of this verse I'm speaking to you and this is what I'm doing tonight please believe me please trust me I'm speaking to you out of deep gratitude for all that God has given me. And especially as I have responsibilities in relation to you. Living then as every one of you does in pure grace. It's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. How many people live for God going, well, i got to go bless God, so I guess He needs me in the church. He don't need none of us, myself included. If you don't cry, it, it, what did Jesus say? If these don't worship me, these stones will cry out and worship me. But we think we, the church can't exist without me. Now, I didn't come to get on nobody. you got to let me finish this message. Trying to help somebody. Living then as every one of you does in pure grace, it's important that you not misinterpret yourself as people who are bringing this goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what He does for us, not by what we are and what we do for Him. That'll preach. It is right now. When someone convinces themselves that, listen, this is, is I'm, I'm fixing to flip it on you because you, you don't know where I'm at with this. Because when God showed me this, I went. And there are some not in this house that I hope they'll listen to this message. And I hope they'll hear what I'm fixing to say. When someone convinces themselves that they cannot live for God, what they have actually convinced themselves of is they cannot live without God. That they can live without God. When you convince yourself you can't live for God, you have convinced yourself you can live without Him. You've lifted yourself up to a place you don't belong because they can't one of us live without Him. They can't one of us exist without Him. They can't one of us live for God without the mercy and the grace of God. And when we get so arrogant, we say, well, I'm just going to quit living for God so you can live without Him. Really? I can't. I gotta have God. I gotta have the love of God. Let us not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. Every one of us needs God. Every one of us. So, what's, well, how am I gonna be saved? How? If, if I don't understand, Pastor Wood, if I don't understand, how am I going to be saved? I'm so glad you asked. 
Romans chapter 8, verse 24. Romans chapter 8 and verse 24 says this, For we are saved by hope. Are you saved? I sure hope so. Because <laughs> I live this way the rest of my life, and heaven ain't at the end, I'm going to be one mad mamma jamma. You hear what I'm telling you? <laughs> It's the best life. But, man, they some fun out yonder. You hear what I'm telling you? That's how the enemy works. You're missing out. You're missing out. No, I'm not, because I do get heaven at the end. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. I'm supposed to... I'm supposed to walk in things I don't understand. And if I see what I hope for, I'm not hoping for it anymore. That's right. See, this living for God by faith doesn't mean you never get to see what you're looking for. It means there's a way to get there. And we have to go through the process. We can't short circuit it. We can't say, okay, God, I want to be over there. And here's what God does. He shows you over there to give you faith. But He don't translate you to there. He shows it to you to see if you'll do this. Because if you don't, He'll show it to somebody else. You hear what I'm telling you. I've watched it happen. He'll show it to you to see if you'll do this. And then, you see, I came down a little bit. Now I'm not seeing it the same way I saw it. Things changed in my atmosphere. But I got to hold on to that. I got to have hope in that. We're saved by hope. But when I get here, whoo, I sure I hope I make it to the usher and hostess counter. Why? You're already there. Hope that is seen is not hope anymore. He gives you another hope. He gives you another level. He gives you another thing to do. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why does he yet hope for it? But if we hope for that we see not, then, I'm fixing to use that, Two, four, six, eight letter, four letter word. Then do we with patience. Here's the four letter word. Wait for it. You following me? He showed me where I'm going. I won't get there right now. No. Why not? Because you're not God. I'm not. <laughs> No, you're not. <laughs> I love the way the Message Bible says this. And I'm going to watch Sister Wood because I don't want to offend anyone. But this analogy is so perfect to me. Come here. I, I'm sincere. I don't want to offend anybody. So if, I, if, if, this, if, it, if, if her little doodahs on the back of her head stand up, I'll, I'm serious. 
For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why does he hope yet hope for it? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Listen to what the Message Bible says. That is why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. We, of course, don't see what is enlarging us. I feel the Holy Ghost. But the longer we wait, the larger we become. And the more joyful our expectancy. Thank you. Just like a pregnant mother. When God shows me that vision of what He wants to do, I get enlarged. Not in myself. I can't do this. But my God is bigger and I am, I am with child of the promise. And I just found out. I've conceived. So let's have it. It don't work that way. <laughs> There's a process. We are saved by hope. Everybody say hope. Our hope in God is like this pregnant mother. She believes the report of the pregnancy test. She don't know she's pregnant. But she took a test. And that test told her she was. How do you know? That little strip told me. So you're hoping in that. That it's right. And that gave, gave you faith to go to Walmart and start picking out cribs. She believes the report of the pregnancy test. She believes in the changes she begins to feel in her body. If she hadn't taken the pregnancy test she would misunderstand and think she was sick. Do you see how hope and faith? Come on, I hope you see this. I hope you see this. She believes the report of the doctor. The doctor says, Check, yep, 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 you're pregnant. What about the ultrasound? I think, I think they got a graphics designer in the other room that listens to these ladies in the waiting room, finds out what it is they, they want to have, and he's creating that little picture. I don't think that's real. That's how the enemy works. We know it works. We know it's real. We have come so far. I saw Sister Ashley's grandbaby's ultrasound. I'm like, that looks like a kid. Used to look like a peanut. We'll believe the test. We'll believe the changes in our body. We'll believe the doctor. We'll believe technology. But we can't believe God. Till tonight. How does she believe this? How? She can't see it. She can feel it. She can't see it. 
She trusts the results. She can't see it. She believes the report of the doctor. She can't see it, but she latches on to the ultrasound. And you can't see the promise God has given you. You can't see the deliverance God has given you. But you can feel the changes in the atmosphere. You can believe the test. You can believe what the man's telling you. You can believe technology. And you can say, I believe I'm having a baby. Her hope needs something to hold on to. Her hope needs something to latch on to. What is that something? That something is faith. That something is faith. Faith is the substance of hope. Faith is what makes her go buy another crib. Faith is what makes her pick out paint colors for a room. Faith is what, why? Because she has proof of something she can't see. But her faith in everything that has brought her to that point tells her it's going to happen. When we begin to lose hope, it is our faith that helps us hold on until we can find our hope again. We walk by faith and not by sight. We can't trust our eyesight and keep a handle on hope. We have to have eyes of faith. We can't listen to the world's report and keep a hold on hope. We have to listen to God's report and believe it by faith. We can't look at our circumstances and our problems and our trials and hold on to hope. We have to let faith be our anchor. Especially, everybody say especially. Especially when we don't understand. I just don't understand. I can be honest enough with you that in the last three and a half years, this has been my prayer more than anything. God, I don't understand. I just don't understand. And here I am. And here we are. Because we held on to faith. And this is the title of my message tonight. Through faith, we understand. Through faith, you can understand. Even when you don't understand. Through faith, we understand. So how does faith work? I don't have any faith, Pastor Wood. I'm, I'm fresh out of faith. I know God gives us a measure of faith, but you know what? Tonight I just, I don't, I, I'm out. I have zero. My faith tanks on zero. I, what do I go to Pilot and pay $4.37 a gallon? $104 to fill up my truck. Thank you very much. <laughs> Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18 for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness but unto us which are saved it is the power 
of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Your understanding ain't going to come from the world. Your understanding isn't going to come from the ways of the world. Your understanding isn't going to come from the systems of the world. Verse 21, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. He didn't say foolish preaching. He said the foolishness of preaching. You want to know where faith comes from? You're listening to it. You're hearing it. God's giving us the answer to faith. The world doesn't understand what goes on in an apostolic church service. I dare to say there's some people in this building tonight. I'm not condemning you. I'm trying to help us. There are people in this building tonight that don't understand how faith works. There are people in this apostolic church right now, as I speak, who don't understand what being apostolic is all about. I'm trying to help us tonight. Because where we're going is 110% apostolic. We're not going to get there in the flesh. We're not going to walk in the flesh. We're not going to pray in the flesh. We're not going to fast in the flesh. We're not going to see the things of the flesh. We're going to walk in apostolic authority and we're going to start claiming the promises of God and we're going to walk by faith and not by sight and God is going to show us what it is He has for New Freedom Apostolic Church. But if you don't understand it, you just have to sit this one out. No! That's the point. Even if you don't understand it, it's time to lock arms with a brother. It's time to lock arms with a sister and say, I don't understand all this apostolic stuff, but y'all been doing this most of your life. Come on, let's go have church. Come on, I wish somebody would hear me tonight. I don't understand what y'all crazy people are doing, but man, I feel something when I get down in that. What's that brother slaughters all the time? Why does he do all that? Why don't you get up here beside him and get to doing what he does, and maybe you'll start feeling a little bit of that. The world doesn't understand what goes on in an apostolic church. Preaching, not foolish preaching, but the foolishness of preaching. A man called of God takes the word of God and through prayer and fasting receives a word from God. And he through preaching gives it to the people. That don't make sense. Well, that's God's Word. Why can't I just read that? You need to. Because what if I get up here and start talking about some spaghetti monster somewhere? There ain't no spaghetti monster in the Bible. Oh, yeah, I got a revelation. You better be careful of a revelation. Don't come out of this book right here. It is a gift from God. That we cannot be perfected by God without. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Every one of us is called. Every one of us. We're called to be a part of the body of Christ. With all lowliness and meekness. Remember, don't get lifted up. 
with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. Well, I just can't put up with her. You're not doing it right. <laughs> I just, he gets on my nerves. Well, he probably gets on everybody else's nerves too, but guess what? So do I. So do you. We all get on each other's nerves once in a while. Endeavoring to keep the unity, everybody say unity, to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. It's a peace that passes all understanding. I don't know how God puts all these personalities together and somehow has revival. I don't know how He does it. Well, actually, I do. The preaching of the Word of God. (laughs) There is one body. Everybody say one body. And one spirit. Everybody say one spirit. You didn't get a special Holy Ghost. I didn't get a special Holy Ghost. There's one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope. Everybody say hope. One hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Who's in you? God's in you. Let me stop and have a little one God message right here. There's only one God. There's only one faith. There's only one baptism. There's only one way. And if you don't have the Spirit of Christ, the Bible says you're none of His. Verse 7, but unto every one of us. Everybody say, that's me. We're without excuse. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore, he saith, verse 8, when he ascended up on high, who? Jesus. When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Who did? Jesus. Jesus gave you a gift. When he ascended after the resurrection and he ascended up on high, after he led captivity captive, he came back and gave you a gift. He did. I wrote a song. I wrote a song. It's called Whose Birthday Is It Anyway? And it's about Christmas. And in the song, the the premise of the song is, what if you went to a birthday party? It was your birthday party. And you went to your birthday party, and everybody brought gifts for everybody else, but they didn't bring you a gift. You'd kind of be upset, wouldn't you? I would. That's my birthday. Where's my present? God gave you a gift. What are we going to do with it? You might want to find out what the gift is before you answer that question. (laughs) God gave gifts. Jesus gave gifts unto men. Verse 9, now he that ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might feel all things. Basically, that's just saying it was Jesus. He gave gifts unto men, verse 11, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. The ministry. The five-fold ministry was a gift from God Almighty to His body. Why? Why did He do that? Why did He feel the need to give the church the ministry? Verse 12, For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. How long is that going to happen? Is that going to be forever? How long until we're perfected? Verse 13, till we all come, everybody say all, in the unity of the faith. There it is again, unity in faith. 
and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, I'm not going to ask you if you think you're perfect, because most people do. But we're not. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love. We got to be honest with one another. We got to speak the truth to one another. I'm not talking about coming up and saying, you know what, that thing doesn't, you ought not wear that. That shouldn't look you. That ain't what it's talking about. It's coming up to somebody and saying, you're a mighty warrior in God. You have been called of God to reach Lebanon. You are a mighty warrior for God. You can be used by God. While they're working on your knee, you can testify to somebody in that hospital and them go, man, what is that I feel? And you can say, oh, you just need to come and see. You can be used by God. I'm telling you the truth in love. I'm trying to convince you it's not too late to be used by God. I'm trying to convince you you can be a vessel of honor unto God. We're fixing to go where you've got to be a vessel of honor unto God. You've got to learn to walk by faith. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into Him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. You do matter. When you miss church, it matters. When you're not here, it matters. Oh, they won't miss me. Yes, we do. Maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. The foolishness of preaching. I don't understand it. And I'm one. I'm a preacher. And I don't understand that. I know it works. You know how I know it works? Because somebody invited me to church and I heard a preacher. And it touched my heart. And I began to walk in what I heard. And it changed my being. And I began to see things in my life I'd never seen before. And I began to feel things in my life I never felt before. And I went, man, that stuff's real. I want some more of that. And I fell in love with preaching. Romans 10, 14 through 17. How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? You've got to have a preacher. You don't hear that preach much anymore. You've got to have a preacher in your life. You've got to have a man of God in your life telling you. It's true anyhow. And how shall they preach? Except they be sent. I didn't just decide to be here. I didn't just decide, well, I think I'll go hang my sheen going to Lebanon. No, God put me here. How shall he preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. You remember the other Friday night when I said, I think that's how it works. The man of God's got the lamp under his feet and the light under his path on his ankles. And if you get close enough to him, he'll light your light. And then you'll have a light that you can walk in. I really believe that's the way that works. I really believe our feet are so beautiful because they bring the light to the body of Christ. I really believe that tonight. But, Verse 16, they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then, verse 17, here's how you get faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Because you can hear a bunch of stuff. And here's the detriment of worldly music. Here's what I'm telling you while we preach against worldly music. Because when you hear it, you get faith in it. 
Yeah, guess what? All your ratty friends are going to show up at your door. What you going to do when they do? Well, you've been listening to, to stuff I ain't going to sing in the house of God, and now you want to go with them. The devil is a liar. Why are you listening to that? It's giving you faith in that. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Hebrews 13 and 17. I'm trying to hurry. I really am. But i got to get this out so that, so that I have confidence in God that He'll plant it in your heart. i really got to believe that because we're going somewhere. It's going to take faith, and you got to have hope. Verse, Hebrews 13, verse 17. That's why the Bible says this. Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. God gave us a pastor. I said us. I have a pastor. God gave us a pastor to preach the word of God to us to increase our faith, which we are to obey whether we understand it or not. We understand by faith. By faith, we understand. Well, I don't understand that, so I don't have to live it. That's not true. We are accountable for it, whether we understand it or not. I'll go so far as to say we're accountable for it when it comes across the pulpit of the body God has put us in, whether we're in the house or not. Because God gave that message for that night. And we ought not neglect the gathering of ourselves together. And I know i got to work sometimes. I get that. But we're responsible. God gave us a pastor to preach the Word of God to us to increase our faith, which we are to obey whether we understand it or not. And we're to walk in it until we do understand it. That's how you live for God. Well, I ain't going to live for God until I understand it. You're not going to be successful living for God. You've got to have faith in the system. You've got to have faith in the way God put this thing together. He chose by the foolishness of preaching. He chose there to be a watchman on the wall. He chose to call a man and give him the gift to lead that congregation. And you, this is the crux of this message. This is the whole message right here. Why did it take me so long to get here? You've got to have a relationship with your pastor. You've got to have a relationship with your man of God. If I can't put my hands on you in the Spirit, if I can't have a relationship with you, I can't lead you. You know why? Because you don't trust me. And if you don't trust me, you're not going to believe what I preach. You can say, oh yeah, I believe that's what. No, well, I don't know if I believe that or not. It don't matter if you believe it or not. It don't matter if you understand it or not. If God gives the man of God a message and he's right with God and it comes across the pulpit and the Holy Ghost it confirms it with signs following and that ain't a bunch of hocus pocus miracles. That's what you feeling it down in your heart and understanding he's talking to me and I got to straighten myself up. You got to have a relationship with your man of God. You got to, was it the Shunammite? Build a room on the side of her house? And when the man of God came by, she said, oh, please, stay at my house. Stay at my house. You know why some people, oh, I didn't come to do this. I'm not going to do it. I didn't come to get on to anybody. I came to call somebody to faith. I came to call somebody to hope. I came to tell somebody, we're fixing to go somewhere. If you ain't got enough faith to get there, we're going to have to drag you with us. And we will. We'll drag you. Come on, we're going. Just latch on to a brother. If you don't understand it, come on and go with us. Don't turn around and walk away. If you don't understand what God's doing, some of us do. Come on and go with us. We're fixing to see miracles we've been praying for. We're fixing to see backsliders come back. We've been praying for. We're fixing to see God do what He promised. He's going to do the whole time. 
This is why it's so important that you have a relationship with your man of God. Your pastor's here to help you. It doesn't make sense to those on the outside. You know why? They've never experienced it. I'll never forget the first time I was sitting in an apostolic service and I was going through something specific and the man of God read my mail. We didn't have cell phones back then, so I know he wasn't listening in. God was. There's a way this works, and you got to trust it. And you got to walk in it, even if you don't understand it. There's only one way to understand. Sister Hannah, will you come give them some hope? I really am trying to finish. I am. There's only one way to understand it. Through faith, we understand. Through walking in something we don't know. Through walking in something we've never done before. Through walking in something that just doesn't make sense. Faith. And we've got to learn to use that faith to give us hope. Hold on to it. It's coming. Hold on to it. You might have just come out of Egypt. And there might be some battles you can't handle. So God might have to take you around certain places instead of taking you straight across. That's what he did to the children of Israel. He didn't take them straight across. They was too hard-headed. He had to take them around. Let's all stand. I want to talk to us about a work. The work of understanding. It's a work. It's a process. It's something you have to go through. James chapter 2, verse 14. What did the prophet, brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have no works? And the work tonight is understanding. That's what we're talking about. Understanding is a work. You've got to work at it. So what does it profit a man? To say I have faith and have not understanding, can faith save him? Till he gets there, if he'll walk in it, it's his only hope. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace and be warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? If you say, yeah... You need some food. God bless you. Hope you get it somewhere else. That, that ain't done them no good. Matter of fact, it probably made them feel worse. Even so, faith, if it hath not the work of understanding, is dead. And there's only one way to get understanding. And that's to walk in faith. Do you see? I, I'm trying to bring this to a close. But i got to make sure everybody here understands. Well, you just told us we didn't understand. But if you'll understand, you'll understand by and by. We used to sing that old song. We will understand it better by and by. I ain't saying I want to sing that. But somebody here, some of us got it. Some of us have lived with God long enough. Now, we get in trials. That don't mean we're perfect. Don't mean we. Sometimes I, get, I just told you for three and a half years I've been going, God. But I didn't sit down. 
I kept walking in what I didn't understand until, like Sister Rogers, I think it was, said, or maybe one of y'all said, I just kept walking, and then, oh, now I understand. Why? Because we walked by faith. And some of us are going through some things right now, and we just don't understand it. I want to invite you to the front tonight. And I want you to lift your hand and say, God, I'm just being honest with you. I don't understand. But I got faith that you're in control. I got faith that all things work together for good. I got faith that you haven't left me, that you haven't forsaken me. God, I don't understand where I'm at. But God, you know right where I'm at and you know what's going on. Come on, New Freedom. Uh, come on. Somebody here, you need to let God know you're going to keep walking by faith. whether you.